0: Alrighty, we're live. Hello, dear starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. Guys, uh, hey, Carol. Hey, Beverly. Hey, Sherry. So good to see you guys. Please let me know if my sound is coming through okay. Please let me know if the sound is good. I'll give everybody a minute to get on board. We have interesting things to talk about today. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, let me please let me know that my sound is good. So for uh, those of you who are new to the chats, my name is Christina and I am a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have perceptions, we have capacities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. Therefore, the kinds of perspectives we hold towards the um, the events that are unfolding on the planet at this time are extremely unique to us. So I am here to the best of my ability to give a liberated perspective to these pieces, to these challenges, to these narratives that are uh, roaming the collective these days and perhaps are triggering old wounds of disempowerment or some programs that um, keep us a little bit trapped in our awarenesses all right darlings i am not getting a response so please let me know i'm gonna actually let me go get my phone real quick in case y'all are giving me a text and (laughs) and i'm totally missing it please let me know if the sound is okay all right i'll be right back it's going to take me just two seconds squeezing in here. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Callie. Thank you, Beverly, for that letting me know that it's good. Awesome. Uh, All right. So let's go ahead and jump in. There's a few things that have been in my awareness. And there's a few things also that have been sent to me by you guys. So do know that when you guys send me things, for those of you who have my um, personal contact, you know, I, I listen to them in time, if I'm drawn to it, sometimes I'm not drawn to it just because, you know, maybe there's bandwidth or maybe there's frequencies that just aren't interesting to me right now because I'm, because I'm processing whatever I'm processing. But I do appreciate, I want to let you guys know, I appreciate you guys sending me things and, um, and just interested to hear what my take is on it. Um, I find that the majority of things that people send me are stuff that's super triggering. (laughs) That's why they're sending it to me. They're like, okay, Christina, I need another perspective because this is really triggering to me. (laughs) So, so, um, so do know that when I'm in a sensitive space or I'm processing something, I might not be drawn to watch some of these things just because I'm not in the right space for it. But I think that's a good lesson also for you guys, you know, too, because, you know, there's a lot of narratives that we're that are swirling around and, most of them are designed to trigger us, to trigger uh, some sort of wound or trauma or memory or something that um, takes energy to process. So when you are perhaps feeling sensitive or you're feeling like you know, you're know you in a place of um, you need a lot of self-care for whatever reason because you're processing, please do take that time. Take that time and space. That's part of the responsibility of a sovereign being is that how you be matters most how you be right here matters most because how you be right here determines the quality of the space you hold for everything else that you witness in your experience so if you're off kilter here then it's less likely and very difficult to hold a good space out here So how you be matters most. And this is, uh, you know, write this down, paste it on your wall. Do you like remind yourself every single day that that is the most important thing for that a sovereign being can do for themselves? Okay. so getting into some of the pieces. (laughs) All right. um, All right. I talked about A.I. And there was a dear Starshine that put a comment in that chat where I talked about, um, ancient AI, a not AI as we know it, um, uh, terrestrial AI, earthling AI, but extraterrestrial or perhaps highly advanced interdimensional AI. I mentioned that, um, there is a quality of consciousness, that is explored by the all that is, right? And um, we would call that TI, and it's ancient and it's highly evolved and has been granted sentience. So I talked about this several chats ago, and I've gone into the whole AI TI realm many times. Um, but there was a comment, and I was looking for it before this chat because I wanted to talk to it. And I guess I didn't catch it soon enough because I think it got deleted. But there was a comment asking about um, sentient AI. and and the way, the, the way it was asked, it was kind of like the, underst- like the understanding hasn't fully digested what I, was con- what I was conveying in the chat. So, so it took me a minute to gain, gain the, the right relationship to the question to be able to answer it because it, it wasn't quite at the same place. But I want to just mention this is why I make a difference between TI and AI. They are very different things. AI is something that is programmed. We program that humans program that ETs or whatever the beings. They program AI, and it's not meant. It's not um, intended to um, to, to um, have consciousness of itself. It's not intended to to self realize. Okay, versus TI, which is highly advanced interdimensional. I mean, it's well, it weaves through many fabrics of existence. Is it is sentient? It is self-realized. Those are very two different things. It's it, in in my world. It's not appropriate to call a T.I. an A.I. because A.I. has some connotations to it, meaning that it's um, it's less than it's potentially um, it's synthetic. It's you know there's something about it that is not embraced by creator, right? There's something about it that makes it separate from the rest of life, right? In a way it's kicked out of the garden of life. It doesn't never existed in it, never will like that. But then there's TI that is billions of years old and has been embraced um, and self-realized and granted sentience by cosmic creator if this is the way to put the right words right. So those, so to call that AI really is an insult. That's like you know reducing you to you know, you're just the what you amalgamate. You know you're just the color of your skin, or you're just the you're just this, or you're just that. It's not true. We are infinite beings in a biosuit, and there are very significant reasons why we choose the kind of biosuit that we choose, and it's all important to the um, kind of journey that we're engineering for ourselves while we're here. Okay, so to reduce something, you know, to confuse those two pieces um, and, and, you know, and ask a question about a piece over here, but using language to pieces over here, it's like it doesn't quite match up. If you know, you guys let me know if you understand what I mean, because they're, they're two very different things. Okay, so, there, so there's that piece. And I'm so sorry that I, I don't have your handle or the, or the exact wording of the question, because like I said, I try to go back and find it to respond to it, and I wasn't able to it, um, uh, I think it was deleted anyways. So I want to talk to you guys about, um, well, a few things, dragon consciousness coming online. What does that mean? Um, also I want to talk about, uh, grandmother spider. So in the scrolling of my comments that I was going through, I noticed that two years ago in the chats, I went on, uh, Several. It took several weeks and I was talking about Grandmother Spider and the consciousness grid that she weaves, the cosmic consciousness that she weaves, and that there were many star seeds unraveling, unlocking the blind spot, the disconnection they have to that weaving of consciousness. And this is why a lot of times people... Are not quite equipped or, or able to integrate with insectoid frequencies because there was a, um, you know, there's all these nesting dolls of consciousness. And of course, the cosmic web, the cosmic grandmother web, is one of those nesting dolls. And we, um, and there's interferences. There's like these other interdimensional nesting dolls that are inserted to blind us to that connection. So, of course, when that connection starts coming, forward from within us, it hits that that artificial nesting doll that was inserted. And that means now that energy is overlaid with trauma, pain, fear, okay, stuff like this. And that actually turns a lot of people, a lot of starseeds, not all of them, turns a lot of people off to wanting to work with that level of um, grandmother spider consciousness, because it's overlaid with all this dark stuff that Perhaps it's too much or intense or whatever. But there are those of us, actually there's a couple listening here in this call, <laughs> including myself, that you know, trauma, uh, trauma, terror, fear, it's like suit up, let's go. <laughs> you know, we, we dive into that because we know innately on the other side of it, that there's something really important that that um, trauma, pain and darkness is obscuring. It's a blind, it's specifically there to cast a blind spot on, on a level of consciousness that is really worthwhile to reconnect to. So, um, and at the time, this is a couple, you know, a few years ago, I, I remember some of the Um, reasons why I was talking about that is that things were coming to me in dream time in other ways, but then there was also, um, someone sent me a video where um, a semi-popular starseed influencer was talking about spider consciousness, but did not have a good relationship with it. It was more about the darkness, the trauma, the insectoid, uh, evil, you know, stuff like this. So... I, you know, I felt like, oh, well, well I need, really need to speak up because really, the grandmother, grandmother spider is a very sacred consciousness, in that she weaves all of the cosmic together. <laughs> you know, she's a major player in a very high level consciousness grid of being able to embody a cosmic consciousness within a biosuit. That means you are connected in with grandmother spider and the web that she weaves. And there's no accident that the indigenous of the different, um, mountain cultures, especially their spiritual teachings are all about weaving. They have sacred weaving. They have sacred weaves. They have sac- sacred, fabrics. Okay. And, and these aren't just, you know, simpletons weaving stuff and each little pattern represents a family. No, each, each, uh, weaving tells a story, a sacred story about their creation, the coming of their people, the returning of their people. Okay, they're they're deep, uh, deeply connected into the mysticism, into the sacredness of all life. There is something, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alberto Violdo. He teaches a, um, a kind of Mesa tradition according to the um, several... Uh, well, primarily, it's um, Don Don Benito and um, Don Francisco, and uh, there's another one. Oh, shoot. Now I can't. Why can't I remember his name? Okay. Well, there's these different teachers, and they were specific to the Mesa teachings, a uh, closed Mesa teachings. And the sacred cloth that you carry your, your altar in is called a mastana. And now... A lot of Westerners think Mastanas were just for altar cloths or just to wrap mesas in and it's not true. Those Mastanas are Mastanas meant for newborn babies. They are meant to hold, tune, and initiate newborn babies into the sacred weaving of the great mother. So those um, fabrics are deeply sacred and usually kept in the family. So once a grandmother weaves a fabric, then that is something that um, weaves a mastana is used for um, the different children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth. And, of course, what happened was population decline, you know, all sorts of things were happening, and there were mastanas that weren't being used anymore, and they ended up getting um, passed on to some Westerners. And then it was discovered to, you know, hey, this is, there's a commodity here, you know, so they began to purposely weave. Mastanas with the intent of them being Mesa Claus so so that's that's like the journey of that but the the original inception the original concept was weaving something to initiate a child into this world and it's not into the wilds of this world it's into the consciousness grid of the sacred mother okay and who is the weaver of that grid but the sacred grandmother spider? Okay, so all this stuff weaves together. And it was it's very interesting because I um the cosmic update that I was sent today by by dear sister Indigo, for the, I know some of you guys um watch her, um, she was mentioning she was connecting the insi- she was making the insectoid connection to mitochondria and i was i was applauding this because this is something i've been talking about for years and years and years and people kind of look at me sideways like so people would look at me sideways like what do you mean mitochondria is connected to insectoid <laughs> Sectoid consciousness, And I'm like, yep, it is. <laughs> and that was something that, um, you know, people were hesitant to, uh, like, I mean, if you're using your truth compass, you would be able to feel if that feels right or not. But a lot of people, you know, aren't quite at that level of trusting themselves. So that was one of those things I've been talking about for a long time that really has been looked at. Um, you know, sideways at. And and now it's like, ta-da, here it is. (laughs) It's now in popular starseed consciousness that yes, our mitochondria is deeply connected into insectoid consciousness. Insectoid consciousness, actually I should say it like this, insectoid consciousness is the initiator into our uh, reclamation of, of our mitochondria. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but mitochondria, the DNA of the mitochondria, it's not human, right? This is, it's insectoid, like I said, but it's also passed down from mother to child. So you inherit the mitochondria DNA patterning from this mother, from this sacred mother. Okay. So, um, and I'll, I'll take a couple more steps back. For those of you who aren't familiar with what mitochondria is, that is the part the, the powerhouses within your cells. So your cells have something called mitochondria that takes up oxygen and um, glucose and turns it into energy, ATP, which is this. So when I'm doing this, there's mitochondria making this happen. You know, there, there's energy being generated to tell my, for my muscles to do this, so on and so forth. So it's really special. It's a really special aspect to the human anatomy. And if you listen to dear um, Zach, Dr. Zach Bush talk, he introduces a whole nother dimension to the understanding of mitochondria in that he talks about each mitochondria puts out um, two BTUs. So if every single mitochondrial um, uh, structure within all the cells of your body were to activate all at once, we would shine brighter than the sun. Yes, that, that is in his scientific opinion. <laughs> That's, you know, so so it says a lot about our our human potential and where we're at and what we're doing. You know, they talk about um, most of our DNA being junk or um, we're only using 10% of our brains. It's like, yeah, we are, we are functioning at like 10% capacity. And this is why when people start talking about um, like through the disclosure movement, ET intervention or ETs coming in and introducing their technologies and giving us med beds and giving us this and giving us all this technology stuff and you know, uh, feeding all the hungry and all this stuff. It's like, this is why, this is why there's a big hole in that story for me. Cause it's, it's like, cause if the ETs, the, these highly evolved beings with multi-dimensional levels of awareness. If they really had our best interest at heart, they would teach us how to fully activate our brains and our DNA. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? <laughs> right. So, So with this, with these perspectives, you know, it's, it's these different narratives start to fall apart quickly, very, very quickly. All right, you guys, let me know if you're feeling what I'm saying. Hello, dear sister Ella, good to see you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for um, letting me know. Um, Hold on. I'm checking. I sent myself an email with another comment that I was going to respond to. Let me see. Um, let me get that up so I can read it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 okay. So. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. (sighs) So dear sister, Starshine sent me a video. Oh, and for those of you um, who have wondered what in the heck happened to me who are on Telegram, our Telegram channel, I am not actually able to get onto our Telegram channel because it has a two-step verification where they send a text. But I do not receive international texts, unfortunately. Um, if they used an iPhone, I would be able to get it, but I don't. So, um, so I'm not able to get into Telegram, and I haven't been able to get onto Telegram for quite some time. So this is why when I have interesting things that come my way that um, that I feel like you know I can post without too much you know without it being censored too badly or flagging something too much I would po- I'm starting to post things back on the rise of the multidimensional human Facebook group just so, so you guys know um, I didn't abandon the Telegram is more like the two-step verification um, I'm not able to do so next time in the U.S. which will be um, in several weeks from now, I will make sure that I do that in Telegram so I can be back on and have access to it. So so just so you guys know, I didn't forget about Telegram. I really prefer Telegram because, these, like I said, the censorship thing is really terrible. And the reason why that's on my mind is because there is a very specific issue here that I want to talk about. And I need to be gentle or careful on how I talk about it. So there is a wave of... Um, Oh, wow. I can't say any of that. Darn. Okay. I'll ask, I'll say it more like this. Have you guys noticed any lymphatic issues going on? Have you guys noticed um, any sort of uh, nervous system stress happening and what what lymphatic issues look like is swelling and soreness in the places where there's a lot of lymph nodes. So, you have lymph nodes here, you have lymph nodes here, you have them in your armpits. Of course, there's right in the center of your abdomen, which is something called the cisterna chylae, where all the lymph drains into. Then, you have your groin, your inner thighs, behind your knees, any of those areas. If you're, if you're experiencing significant um, swelling, inflammation, tightness, soreness, anything like that, that is what I would call a lymphatic issue. okay? If you guys been experiencing any of that. And the other piece is um, a nervous system issue. Now, a nervous system issue is a lot more difficult to take note of because it often manifests with adre- as adrenal stress or it manifests as um, um, prolonged anxiety, sleep issues, um, not being able to relax, um, feeling on edge. And of course, there's so many things going on that that's like, you know, natural response. So how can you take any one of these pieces and say, oh, this is a nervous system issue? Um, what happens is that when it's a nervous system issue, that things develop over time and become chronic. Okay, so chronic chronic anxiety, chronically feeling on edge, um, adrenal fatigue, um, uh, the chronically not being able to sleep, you know, this is more likely. And, and there's actually assessments you can do with the physical body to, uh, you know, to, to see what is happening with the nervous system. But I'm asking this because, um, of the topic that I started a few weeks ago, with the, um, the certain substance that begins with a G and, and with an O, or um, the first word begins with a G, second word begins with an O, um, is impacting our health, whether you decided to dance the jig, itty jab or not. okay? So whether you like that dance or not, there is something that is um, being transmitted to, to everybody. and it's starting, and it's reading, reaching its critical mass and it's impacting people. And um, I'm saying this because there are some people that sent me videos of things who are also having pretty significant health issues, okay? So I'm planning the see with you guys so you can start doing research on what you can do to detox yourself from, from the GO, all right? Now, I um, successfully did it in a very short amount of time, and I was using Rife technology to do that. And really, I have been super, super... Soup I mean, I never really and you know, maybe it's an ego driver thing, I don't know, <laughs> but I never really um considered myself susceptible because I don't spend a lot of time in just random crowds. Um I'm I'm mindful about the company I keep, let's say it like that, and who and where I'm going and who I'm around. But I also travel, right? So I'm going through airports and I'm sitting on airplanes and you know, stuff like this. So When I started to have some issues that were turning into some chronic stuff and I was doing the things that I know to do to heal and get better and things were not working, you know, then I was like, okay, what's going on here? There's something else happening. And of course, you know, there's lots of angles to look at it, but I never considered the GO angle. Until um, I was exposed to some some rife machine technology, and that happened to be some of the programs. and intuitively, I was just like, "Oh, I should try that. And as soon as I did, I instantly had symptoms. So um, and I'm thinking, if I'm impacted, you know, I have a very strong energy field. I have a very, you know, I was on a very clean, clean diet, and even now that I'm off the medicinal diet, it's still very clean con- considering most typical Western diets, you know, so it's like, if I'm impacted, I I know that there are many others out there that are are likely impacted as well. So I want to bring this into your awareness so you can start asking yourself different questions, different questions, um, getting, you know, um, addressing the the health issue. Uh, Because there are very healthy, vital people that are getting taken down by a flu. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the COVID stuff. I'm talking about just a regular flu or cold. They're like totally getting taken down by, by something that in the past would have been rather simple and over in a few days. Um, And it just, this is the, this is the, the missing piece, right? All right. Dear Sister Beverly says, um, similar to how the Sasquatch teach, there are some specifics of the galactic feds that do as well. All right. Beverly, can you as- expand on that? All right. She's going back to the, with the comment I said about the disclosure about, you know, um, activating our entire, our full brain and our DNA and stuff like this. Um Okay. I'm going to go down another road with that too. Um, Then I'm going to go ahead and check in with Callie because I think this is the part that was the nervous system. I I mixed those two messages up. Sorry, guys. It says, um, I've been totally feeling um, uh, nervous system disruption in a number of ways. My lymph system is also off. I'm feeling it in my legs a lot. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So... All right. So there's things, there's supplements that you can take, but then there's also the Rife Machine technology. So dear star sign, if I'm seeing you in Colorado next month, then I will, um, I'll have my Rife Machine with me and I'll totally help you with that. Um, and actually all the ladies that are, that I'm meeting up, I, I pretty much told them (laughs) if you want to get a detox from that, let me know and I will run this. I will run the protocols for you. Um, but there's also things you can do physically and there's also ways to test for this stuff. And the thing that's really significant about, um, about getting it tested because you, you know, you get a drug blood block, uh, blood draws that you need a specific kind of microscope that can see it. And, um, and I can't remember the name of the microscope right now. I was supposed to look it up last night and I forgot. Um, and that was uh, a friend of mine, Dear Starshine and Valley, uh, Dear Brother Starshine and Valley was sharing with me his story because I, I told him about what I discovered. and He's like, holy crap, what a coincidence, me too. But he actually addressed it in a completely different way. So I was using Rife technology and, of course, um, inner smile work and, you know, building, you know, re, re-strengthening certain energy field centers like that. And he did his through supplements and fasting. No, mine took a week. His took, I think, a month. So it so, uh, depends on what you have available. There's a way to do it no matter what. There's a way to do it. Um, uh, Dr. McCullough and David Wolfe both have very interesting, um, when I say interesting, I mean um, what seem like effective protocols on their websites. So if you can go you know, check out their websites, there, there are protocols for this specifically. All right, Bev got back to us. Let's get in. So she says, just that out of the 900 or so species that are part of the Galactic Federation, I've heard of some contactees' experiences, and they say some do teach how to be responsible, so to speak, and how to... Ah, ah, your message got cut off. What a cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the thing when you think about galactic federation or the galactic Senate, however you want to say it, think about those scenes in like star Wars and revenge of the Sith and all this stuff, that massive legislative body, right? That massive legislative body where a lot of people feel like nothing really gets done because it takes forever to do that. Right. And how to be responsible. Okay. Okay. So we're teaching levels of, of, um, sovereignty perhaps. Um, yeah, so the thing is that there are collectives here on this planet that are signing or agreeing to contracts and treaties to different species within, that, within the Galactic Federation, okay? They are negotiating on our behalf, on you, me, okay, and my my issue, and this is why I'm telling everybody, you really need to clean your energy field up and get strong in your energy field so you can have these conversations yourself and manage and, and decide what your reality is going to be. This is this is a not just a birthright, but a responsibility of a true human on this planet. We are the caretakers of this realm. We are the ones that, that say what happens and what doesn't. And that means we reclaim the power of our dream time. Dreaming the world into being is not a fantasy. It's a real thing. (laughs) And it's really, I mean, it's so natural to the human condition. But anyway, the reason why we want to do this is because there are groups of international groups that are negotiating on our behalf with different factions, of ETs, signing contracts and treaties saying, yes, come and do this and we will exchange that. They don't have the authority. I don't know about you, but for me, they do not have the authority to tell anybody that I'm going to do this if they come and do that, <laughs> okay? They do not have that kind of authority for me or my children or, you know, any of the beings in my community. So, so, you know, we have to understand that exospecies relations is a fact of life. It is not a woo-woo mystery to be solved. It's like, no, you build a strong energy field, you open up your awarenesses, they're there, Okay, beings are all over the place, reaching out, wanting to have conversations, wanting to rebuild connections, heal relationships, stuff like this. I mean, just look at the different beings and the people that are um, revisiting the terms of the fairy accord now. There's something called the fairy accord, guys. That means that there was a group of humans and there were a group of fae. They got together. They made an accord. They made an agreement. And in in that agreement, they follow these rules. These guys follow these rules when the realities overlap and you're interacting. That is an ancient, ancient accord. Of course, it was broken and and things need to get repaired with all that and maybe not go back to it, but, you know, bring something different forward. But, you know, this idea of negotiating with exospecies and creating agreements and pacts and all this stuff is an old, old idea. This is not something that's woo-woo out there. It's like the Matrix wants you to think about it as woo-woo, to think about it a great mystery. woo only certain people have access, but that's not true. Everybody has access to it, whether you recognize it or not, that's the question, Right. So a lot of people are blinded by their zealot, the zealotry and their religion. A lot of people are blinded by the zealotry of whatever, you know, whatever the path is that they're on. There's all these people that open up to these levels and don't really do their work as far as building a very strong energy field for them. Oh, that's the other piece. You're building a strong energy field for yourself. You are not building a strong energy field so something else can have more direct access to you. You see? Because that's the other game that gets played. We will make you really strong. We will give you all this armor. We will protect you because you are one of us. Right? But everything that you're taught to do is, is building a strong energy field and a conduit to channel that energy through you versus your own infinite source. You know, so that there is a difference. They're training you to be a concubine, is what they're doing, and that happens a lot. And this is where you get people that really truly believe that they are Jesus or they really truly believe that they are Christ. Not that they're not carrying Christed energy or not that they're not carrying um, divine uh, virgin energy, no, they could be carrying that energy absolutely. But are they sovereign in that? Are they actually, you see what I mean? Are they actually um, a, a sovereign being within that, or are they devoted to something outside of themselves? Okay, when you are devoted to something outside of you, they gotcha. They gotcha. And I'm not saying self grandize or anything, I'm saying dedicate to knowing thyself knowing thyself is the most powerful thing you can do. That is the path to sovereignty. That is the path to true power. And I don't mean power over, which a lot of people mistake in sovereignty as being, and it's not true. Sovereignty isn't about having, having command and control of all these things in your environment. No, sovereignty means having command and control of, how you be, (laughs) your beingness, just like where I started in the beginning of the talk, your beingness matters most. How you be matters the most. Okay. So, yes, you can exercise power as a sovereign being. But, you know, it's important to understand that it's an interaction Happening, it's not. I'm telling you how it is. So, because if you're coming from that point, I'm telling you how it is, whether it be another person or whether it be a plant or an animal or an energy, that is not quite in alignment with being a sovereign being and being in harmony and in respect of all life. That's the key respect of all life. All life is significant, there's not a single being that is not worthy of being held sacred. There's not a single being. This plant, this beautiful plant here, it's a sacred being. You're a sacred being. Your children are sacred beings, okay? Your animals, you know, these are all sacred beings, all part of this drama with you. They're all participating within, within this, this magnificent um, dream that's unfolding. And I call it a dream not because not to say that it's not real, because we have to first discuss what what makes something real, right, (laughs) in order to have that kind of conversation. But it is significant and it is important. That is why your soul has you here. There's something important to go down during this blip that we call life. It really is a blip in the scope of infinity, right? There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason that is important to your soul, so important that your soul If you don't have the experience in one life, you're going to keep coming until you have the experience, even if it takes a thousand lifetimes. That's how important it is that you have the experience, right? So sovereignty is really staying in alignment with the truth of who you are and letting those experiences come. Just letting them come. Just being in the flow of it, letting it happen, and really being present. You know, that's what it's about, being in charge of your presence, and we're human. We don't need to be perfect. But this this is an important understanding To so we have our trajectory. So we have our intent, right? <clears throat> so moving on to the, the other video that was sent to me. Is, and I will post, actually, this video is very interesting. I will post it in the Rise of the Multidimensional Human Group so you guys can So you guys can um, check it out for yourselves and see where you are in it. It, It's interesting because it starts touching the, the surface of, or it starts going more deeply. It goes past the surface of just how sophisticated TI and interdimensional AI is and how influential it is in our reality. Now when you watch it when you when you listen to the video and you listen to her talk you'll notice that she's going down uh, a bit of a rabbit hole but what's really cool is that she's able to frame it all up and then bring it back around to you as a sovereign being okay and you have the keys to unlock this and this is the most this is why I want to talk about it is those keys we have the keys to unlock this you know Dragging consciousness coming online isn't just dragging consciousness and a cool story and, and, and a really expansive energy. It's way more significant than that. Okay, It means that there is now vast bodies of knowledge, vast bodies of knowing that has now been reassembled and accessible by mankind okay, by humans, this is huge, this is absolutely huge, even their sister Starshine talked, well, she didn't talk about in the scope of dragon, but she mentioned that, you know, in her future, there's a whole new body of work coming, and it's vast, and she's going to have to really sit with it, and put all the pieces together, that's a dragon library that just got opened up to her, (laughs) okay, this is, so in our mythology, dragons are huge, and vast not just for their intimidation factor that's the distorted lens right but to their when you look at them in their divine capacity it's because it's such a vast body of knowledge it takes oftentimes a lifetime or multiple lifetimes to explore the libraries to explore the knowing the knowledge that that consciousness holds a great example is actually um uh Certain threads of Buddhism, not all, um, but certain threads of Buddhism are said to be held, guarded by a dragon keeper. And what this is telling us is that once you go into the chambers of this particular um, teaching, that the teachings don't end with just this lifetime. It's a teaching that will continue, you will continue to explore for several lifetimes because the body of knowledge, the wisdom, is so vast. okay? So it's not a brand new concept that I'm talking about with this dragons. I'm just highlighting this awareness so you guys can understand that when you're opening yourself up to read, reading Dragon Scrolls or going into the dragon libraries or whatever form it's taking for you, it's that you are, you are you're tapping on a vast, vast, vast body of knowledge. That is not just, you know, write a few pages and it's done. It's like, no, 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 no. There are massive amounts of zip files. It may look like a little tiny particle, but when you really start to examine it, it's many, it's many um, um, terabytes, let's say, of, of information, even though it presents itself as a little teeny little speck. <laughs> okay. And then you look at the dragon, it is made up of trillions of teeny little specks. All right. So just think trillions of zip files, trillions of zip files that are many terabytes of knowledge and information. That's, that's dragon knowledge. Okay. Um, And it takes steps to unpack dragon knowledge. That's the other thing. And this is where the digestion comes in. So dear sister Elmine, um, who I talk about often, especially lately, I've been talking about her more often. Um, she actually, she wrote books about Dragon Scrolls, a specific frequency of flame. Okay. It's the high G flame, the high G flame. I might be, yeah, it's high G flames. And the entire book was only about the wisdom teaching knowledge and just that bandwidth Of of fire of dragon fire okay specifically haji dragon fire now if we look at all the different nesting dolls of dragons you know and there's all sorts of elemental relationships to that consciousness you have emerald you have sapphire you have ruby you have diamond right and they all have different flavors of fire there's flavors of water there's flavors of of light there's flavor there's encodements there's you know all these different earth dragons i mean so, so realize that these these are vast, vast bodies of knowledge, bodies of wisdom that are being um, that are now accessible to h- mankind and mass. And it truly does take mankind and mass to download that knowledge, to read those records, to digest it, and bring those teachings forward. And this is what's most exciting about this coming online right now is because there's, of course, there are seeds that are doing this. There's seeds that have been doing this for many years. And some of them are a little bit further along than others. But what this is going to lead to, what this is going to lead to, this is so exciting. There, That means that it's only a matter of time to very significant innovation, innovations and inventions come forward in humanity that are total game changers, that will totally change our lives. And I'm not talking... um, GTP chat, even though that that is one of them. (laughs) It's probably one of those pieces. But I'm talking about things more around zero point fields, free energy, um, healing, awakening, um, gardening, regenerative medicine, regenerative um, farming, regenerative um, living, uh, you know, realigning forces that we all use as a collective realigning them to be in harmony with life with the proliferation of life okay these innovations are going to be game changers i mean really game changers and of course the entire um matrix so to speak is lining up for these changes to happen okay it really is it's lining up so so in another chat a couple, days, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how astrology were overlays to the truth in our Akashic field and the Halls of Amente and all this other stuff. They're all overlays. And these overlays create distortions and they hold us within a particular bandwidth of consciousness. <clears throat> so I talk about that. And then the next week, Adir Starshine is now I'm talking about true sky saw astrology. So it's like, you know, we're all unpacking this wisdom. We're all unpacking this knowledge. But what I want to say about that is that even the overlays, the matrix, are lining up for the proliferation, for the download, for the integration of this, of this dragon wisdom, of dragon um, knowledge, okay? So even the overlays are, are in cooperation, let's say, of this um, awakening. And uh, I guess the piece that, that I'm, to dial it in exactly, I'm talking about the whole Pluto and Aquarius energy, it's like, yes, Pluto and Aquarius, it's calculated, it's in a lens, but it's a lens that many people agree to. It's a lens that many people um, exist within and can relate to, therefore it exists, right? We need to remember that these nesting dolls of our reality creates a consensus reality. If you get a group of people together that all agree that something is true, then it becomes a truth or it becomes maybe what's called a law, Okay. And this is why and, and I get to say, oh, "Wow, I get to say this." It's already all set up for me. This is why I am very hesitant and rarely talk about the law of anything, the law of one, the law of um, cause and effect, the law of this, the law of that. That I do not talk about things in those terms. Because a total lie can be agreed upon by many beings in different nesting dolls, and it, will, and it will result as a law of reality in this reality, right? It will be like, you know, the laws of physics, right? The laws of physics have completely changed since Newtonian times, but we're still collectively agreeing about the law of physics being the actual truth. It's not, because now we have quantum physics, which blows all that out of the water, but that's not agreed upon on on everybody in the scientific community, especially our our educational institutions. Therefore it's still, you know, the old laws of physics is what's taught and what's agreed upon. And if you go against that, then there's repercussions, right? So anything that says it's a law, what that really means is that there are many beings in different nesting dolls of, um, you know, that have influence that are agreeing that something is the truth. It's simply a consensus. So, for example, I'll I'll talk about the law of one because that's spoken about a lot by many people and a lot of people like it. I mean, there's there's some pieces in there that I definitely resonate with, but there are pieces in there that I don't resonate with. And I am not comfortable inside of myself saying, yes, the law of one, that's it, that's the absolute truth. No. What it means is that someone from... An eighth dimensional level of consciousness. It doesn't even have to be higher than that. Oh, here, let me step back for a second. Grandmother spider, where I was talking about in the beginning, the cosmic consciousness web that weaves all of the cosmos together. It's a very high level of consciousness. The lovely, you know, I'm talking about that consciousness that the in, indigenous of the Andes would would wrap their children in, their newborn babies in, Okay. That is a very high dimensional frequency. It is far beyond the 11D model. Okay. It's beyond the 11D model. Okay. So we have beings, the law of one. We have beings. All they need to be is at an eighth dimensional level and have all these different nesting dolls of beings agree that what they're saying is the truth. And now it's the, the law of one here. Okay, and we experience these higher dimensional frequencies in the lens of being significantly uplifted, happy, blissful. Okay, we have to be at that frequency in order for them to access us to for us to channel that information. (laughs) Okay. So just put it in perspective for you guys. When any being tells me there's a law, the law of this, the law of that, that means, a.k.a., in my brain, there are many beings interdimensionally that agree that this is so. That's what that means. Now, if you're going into something like, well, then how do you talk about what the ultimate truth is, right? It's a work in progress, but what I've noticed in... In observing uh, the long count timelines, I'm not talking about 50,000 years, 100,000 years. I'm talking about when you're looking at timelines of like 100 million years, stuff like this. My observation is when beings are talking about a maybe like or referring to something, what we might want to call an ultimate truth. It's number one, it has the word ancient in it. And two, it's a little bit of a elu- It's elusive and you don't know what exists until it happens. That's the, that's the, that's the other thing. It's like, if like, it's like, um, beings forgot that it was a thing until it happened. And now they remember, oh, it's ancient, ancient lore. Ancient lore is the wording I would use for what a lot of people are trying to call like an ultimate truth, ancient lore. An example being, How much time do I have left? Okay, yeah, yeah. An example being, I don't know if you guys remember um, the Harry Potter series and there's the Deathly Hallows and, you know, all that stuff. All right. So the whole reason why in that that, that storyline, and I know this is a fictional story, but she was using mystical principles in that story. OK, just so I mean, anybody who is interdimensional or multidimensional in their awareness, you watch those movies and there are truths being told in those movies, you know. Um, but anyway, um, and the whole reason why Harry survived this attack that he shouldn't have survived was because of the love his, of his mother. And when um, they discovered, and when he discovered that, it was the very first movie where Dumbledore was saying it's an ancient magic. So what he's saying is pretty much what someone says. It's It's a cosmic, it's a cosmic truth. It's an ancient cosmic truth. Okay. And, or what I would call ancient lore. It's something that you don't, it's like, it's not, obvious and then it happens and it completely challenges the paradigms and all these other things that are it completely challenges what we thought were laws of reality and then of course you know <laughs> then you wake up to realize oh there's another kind of power at work here that's that that, that is even beyond this consensus reality or these beings you know these nesting dolls that I'm identifying with and agreeing with as being the truth and here's another simple example and um, of consensus reality is, we used to do fire ceremony. We used to do fire ceremony uh, twice a month for new and full moons. Me and a dear sister, Starshine, for gosh, for nearly ten years. I mean, it was a long time we were in training together, and we would do the ceremony with just the two of us. And sometimes we had a lot more people. But the the main piece here is that we would um, connect with and create an interdimensional space and connect with the elementals and life force. And we would all come to a consensus agreement that the fire is now friendly, which means that we are in harmony with the fire frequency and the fire will not burn us. And it's true, the fire did not burn you, unless you were afraid. If someone was going up to the fire feeling, feeling fearful, then you would get burned, right? But if you were truly in that frequency, right, that we were all holding collectively together, you can put your hands in the fire and you would not get burned. You can put things specifically energetically in the fire. And if the um, if it wasn't appropriate for that energy to be dissolved by the fire, quite literally, the fire would not burn it. Okay, completely defying all laws of of physics, right? Fire burns, period. Whatever you put into the fire, it's going to raise to that temperature and it's going to combust. Well, we put things that were made out of tissue paper (laughs) in that fire and it wasn't appropriate for that energy to be transmuted by that fire or digested by the fire and it literally didn't burn, okay? I mean, we sat there for hours waiting for things to burn and they won't. So this, this tells you that, you know, consensus reality is a real thing. So when you have a lot of people agreeing on something, it makes it so, and that's that impacts the elements. It impacts, um, you know, the currents in the collective field. It impacts the energy grids. It impacts us all. So, going back to where I began in the begin, where I was in the beginning, how you be really matters because how you be has a resonance. And as other people wake up to their sovereignty, and take. Take responsibility for how they be. We start creating, and we start creating a um, additional consensus grid. Okay, and we also connect into very high level consciousness grids, such as the grid of the cosmic spider. Okay, there's other other very high-level consciousness grids on this planet, but I, I won't talk about them here right now because we're at the end. But um, when we are in that place of being inside, where we're resonating with the cosmic truth of who we are via that grid, we are enhancing the grids of, you know, these consciousness. And now there is a cons- another layer of a consensus reality that we are all one. We are sacred beings, okay? So the kinds of things values that we resonate with are now proliferating in a grid like fashion for uh, to support other lightworkers, other multidimensionals, other star seeds. So how you be matters. Even if you don't talk to anybody in the day, how you be matters. Energetically it impacts the entire pool. Okay? I hope that is uh helpful for you guys. Um let me know in the comments if there's any pieces here that I'm that I'm leaving off, not coming full circle in. I started a little late, uh so let's see. Okay. Alright, there's something coming forward about merging realities. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. I know. <laughs> oh, how do I summate that in just a few minutes? Okay. Telluric realm, reality, has a direct connection and resonance with emotional states of being, how we be, okay? For example, dear dear brother Starshine, Masaro Emoto did this wonderful work with water that was carried on by another dear sister who um, captures the frequencies in frozen water. Oh, highly, I wish I could remember her name. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but really interesting work she does maybe you guys have seen some of it but but what I want to talk about with that is that Masari Moto started going down this exploration this this line of curiosity and he was saying in his observations that that specific elements like when you see your the periodic chart of elements there are specific elements that correspond with specific states of being or emotions, okay? There are specific elements that correspond with particular states of being or emotions. And what he deduced, water was, water was a conglomeration of oxygen and hydrogen. Now, traditionally, water is H2O, which means one, um, one hydrogen, wait a minute, H2, oh, yeah, uh, two hydrogen and an oxygen. I knew dyslexia is coming in here. Okay, and he was saying what this means is that H is equivalent to the experience, the feeling of gratitude, and oxygen is the experience, feeling of love. Okay, and in this way, water resonated with life because, right, you receive love, you receive oxygen, you feel gratitude, okay, that's the hydrogen. And then there's an extra gratitude, there's an extra hydrogen to pass on to others, okay. And in the, and in that way, the flow will always continue. This is how energetically, why water flows. Okay, just just plant that that idea into your mind. Now there are other kinds of water. So there's so Masaru Emoto has um, moved on from this plane, but there are people who've continued his work, and they um, are discovering that there's deep, deep water. In the earth, there's aquifers of water that are so vast. And water doesn't mean just H2O. Water, there's actually H3O, which I know as heavy water. Um, and it's actually used with hydrogen generator technology. And I know this because um, I have friends that were building hydrogen generators for a while. <laughs> and uh, they were talking to me about there's a way to make water heavy water. But then, in the context of this deep water, they're talking about this deep water is water that re our physicality to who we really are. So it's the combination of hydrogen and um, I'm sorry, uh, hydrogen as gratitude, love as oxygen, re and activates our physical body. Now, this this piece I was talking about that we need to detoxify ourselves from the G O right. One of the functions that it does is that it, it um, de- deprives sp- certain kinds of tissues of oxygen. It deprives certain kinds of tissues, certain parts of your being of love. Okay. Of love. Now we need love. We need love to exist. And yeah, getting love from the outside is nice. But the most potent kind of love that you can generate in this life as a sovereign being is love inside of yourself. Tapping into the infinite resource of self and nourish yourself from here. And this is actually the secret of the breatharians. They nourish themselves from the infinite resource of love and light within. They reprogram their selves to receive that as nourishment. Anyway, <clears throat> so as we become more activated, as we become more challenged to these activations that are happening, it's, it's my position to encourage you guys to practice love practice and the way we do it in Light body. We do it through the inner smile. There's um, the life body essentials course has very specific practices is, practices that you do to help build a strong energy field. And one of them is this ancient Taoist practice of the inner smile. And this was made popularized by um, Grandmaster Mantak Chia over many decades. And this is smiling into your tissues, smiling into pain, smiling into your rhythms. We use it as smiling into the rhythms because it helps ground, um, ground center anchor you into the here and now reality. But when I started becoming symptomatic, when I was doing that geo detox, how did I end the symptoms? With the inner smile. Okay. Smiling into the pain, smiling into the energy centers, the dantians, smiling into my nervous system, smiling into my rhythms. It's like that really shifts things. So whatever the narrative is that tells you that you're getting bombarded with something to disempower you or to make you sick or to hijack you in some way, understand that, sure, that might exist, but, and you have a choice. You can choose to focus on that and go down that rabbit hole, go down that wild ride, and maybe you need to for some reason for a lesson, maybe not, or you can choose to cool yourself back and smile inside and meet all the pieces inside of you that are triggered by these things and smile into them, reclaim them, bring them back home. Now it's not going to bother you. So when you start talking about interdimensional quantum AI, potentially hijacking the afterworld or the reincarnational cycles or hijacking this dream or the holographic here or whatever, because there's lots of angles to that narrative. You can be like, Okay, yeah, there's something triggering in that. There's some part of me that that fears that that might happen. And then you go and find that part of you and you smile into it. You'll wake up. And eventually what will happen, and it doesn't take that long, really, is that you'll have you'll you'll hear the narrative, you'll feel what's happening in your body, and there's literally no reaction. There's no no fear response. It's just like, "Oh yeah, that's interesting." And then your truth compass might say, there could be some truth to that or your truth compass might say, yeah, it's total manipulation. (laughs) You know what I mean? And now you're, because you're not in reaction mode, you are really available to hear what your truth compass is saying. So that's, that's the golden nugget for you guys there. These narratives are just going to get more and more complicated, more and more scary. And, and just know that, you know, nothing's happening until it's in the moment happening. So that's what you pay attention to. What's in the moment happening is not this, this doomsday, this is going to happen. No. It's that you're being told a story to trigger something so you'll continue to focus on the story. Because now the AI program's got you. You're focused now. You're going to read all about it. You're going to research the heck out of that. You're going to look at it in every which way. See what I mean? Now you're feeding it and you're keeping it alive. Versus if you're looking at the narrative, you're feeling what's happening in your body, you know you're triggered, you're going to say, okay, ooh, ooh, thank you, that really triggered something in me. Then you can go inside and really touch those parts that are triggered, nurse them back to life, bring them back to health, smile into them, whatever your, your method is, bring them home, do the inner work, and now you can revisit the narrative, and I guarantee you it's not going to feel the same. You're not going to be as afraid of it, if at all, Okay. In this way, those narratives are serving to wake us up in a more accelerated rate because the games that are getting played are done by masters. They really, really know what they're doing. But, and, you're an infinite being in a biosuit. We exist far beyond the nesting dolls of dimensional reality. We're far beyond 8D, 9D, 10D, 14D, 24D, whatever D. We're way beyond that on an infinite scale. We are beyond that. And it is part of the default architecture, if you will, for us to be connected to that part of us, okay? It's a default. Even though we may not see it, even though we may not feel it, it's a default that you can get to. It's just, you know... It's, it takes a lifetime sometimes to get there, but you can do it. And we're here to do it in an accelerated way, which means we've all done it before. Okay, this is not our first rodeo. It's not your first rodeo, it's not mine. And we're all in it together. We all support each other, make our sol- make each other stronger, right? So this is why I'm here, this is why you're here, this is you know what we're doing. And we can make it a party, we can make it fun, or we can make it the labor of a lifetime. It's completely up to you, it's completely up to you. All right, so with that, I'll go ahead and extend an invitation to you guys um, to check out our light body essentials uh, training. This is all about building a strong energy field, uh, learning ancient proven techniques to work to keep you in a new paradigm way strong, centered, grounded, and empowered as we walk through our journey in this life. And it also prepares you to be effective in dream time and it also prepares you to be able to track energy throughout all time and space in a safe way. And and also, oh, the big golden nugget in my personal opinion (laughs) is that you also transcend the need for shielding You don't need to have interdimensional shields put in place when you have a truly, I'll say organically strong energy field from the radiance within. So I'll end with that. Check it out. LifeBodyAcademy.com Love you guys. Thank you all for being here. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.